I felt like we should high five or something. You should be excited. I mean, that's what we're here to be. We're here to be excited. I, I was uh, talking to Amanda this morning, and she's talking about doing announcements. I said, are you excited? She goes, yeah. I said, you should lead with that. She goes, it's right here on my paper. God is amazing. We are. It's going to take me a minute. But the place where I was standing this morning, uh, right over here, I could hear you sing. I could hear you sing. And there's all these different sounds. And uh, powerful for me to hear the sound of voices from people who have been around a little longer than me. From the sound mixing with voices who are much younger than me. From the sound of voices who are just here. Maybe they're in discovery. Maybe they're they are singing this truth about God loving me and I've experienced it. You know what it is? It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You guys ever watch the uh, like CSI and stuff like that? Hey, wait, let me put a timer on myself so I can tell Mackie I did a good job. <laughs> Some of you said that's not necessary. I don't know. I think Mackie <laughs> will let him know. <laughs> um, they, they turned the mic off. I don't believe you. Uh, you ever watch the CSI kind of shows or... Uh, now there's my mother-in-law lives with us now. She's 87, and she calls them the mysteries. And uh, you know, I think it's pretty cool. And uh, one of the things you always see is uh, they're they're always like looking for evidence. They're looking for things that are small and detailed. And so you guys probably remember that in the 20th century they discovered that fingerprints are left behind, and fingerprints have become like a really solid foundational place for people to find evidence. You guys know this, right? This is not new. This is old. So fingerprints are evidence. And I'm, I'm finding that as I talk to people, the church planner all the time now, people are saying stuff like, you know, Nate, can you give me a reason to believe God is? I mean, you're telling me all about Jesus, but honestly, what's the evidence? You tell me there's a God, but man, I see bad stuff happening in this world. Why do you believe? Tell me what's the evidence of God. And I have found that it is hard to be rational about such an emotional subject. Are you? Do you understand what I'm saying? Have you ever tried to reason with someone and they're just emotional about a particular issue? Like, you know, something that should be perfectly rational but never is, like politics? Right? It's never, it's never rational. Well, when I'm talking to people about God, about this, this, this life, this thing that I'm saying is real, I always end up telling my story. Isn't that weird? You know how people judge God who don't know God? You know how they judge God? They judge God by me. So if, if I'm angry... They think God is angry. If I'm sad, they think, well, that's a weepy God. If, if, if I'm unforgiving, 
they think God is the judge who sits above all and is ready to condemn people. Isn't it weird? Because I'm claiming to be his child. They must think that God looks something like me. And I tell you that because when I end up telling my story, my whole story of how God has just shown up in my life, it changes the way people see God. Because i got a crazy story that I'm not telling you today. I am going to tell you the story of God in some people. When I hear your voices, I hear beauty. Jesus, you guys have been doing the Sermon on the Mount. The whole Sermon on the Mount. You know what's really wild? I didn't talk to Daniel about this, but we're doing a series called Follower, which is about the Sermon on the Mount. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is preparing his followers to be uh, people who are followers who can help other people follow Jesus. Because Jesus, Jesus is essential if we're going to have a real life, now and forever, following, trusting Jesus. We just sang a song, Jesus Paid It All. Man, there's a lot of trust we're asking for. Following Jesus gets us to real life. And so as we follow Jesus in life, as we follow him, Jesus wants to help us as followers help other people follow him. Jesus never intended to create an institution. He created a movement, a movement toward life. So Jesus, he equips his, he equips his followers at this one particular place. It's actually on a mountainside. He gathers a group of his followers, and then later he will preach this over and over again, these principles on the sermon. We call it the Sermon on the Mount. But if you read, <clears throat> if you read the word, the written word, you'll find out Jesus talks about this stuff over and over again. Over and over. He's always talking about this. So he thinks things like you need the right attitude. If you're going to be a follower, you need to have the right attitude. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. You've got to be humble to look up and see God sometimes. Isn't it weird? He also goes on and he says this really cool thing, and this is where I want to kind of set your mind. Jesus says, if you have real life, I expect you to live it out as loud as you can. Don't you know that you are the light of the world? In fact, in Matthew, he says it like this. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And so that's what I'm here to tell you guys today. It's a report card about the Journey Church, but you've got to hear me when I say this. That before I leave today, you've got to get this right. Let your light shine. Now, if you're just checking out Jesus today, if you're just checking out this Christianity thing, it's okay. I want you to listen as I talk to people who are believers. Because we need to hear this. We need this encouragement. The truth is, is that we've experienced something. Perhaps what has happened is that this wonder we talk about has come into us. And people see something different. Something beautiful. 
See, I think this. I think beauty is the evidence of God. Real beauty. Real beauty. Contrary to philosophers, I think that beauty is always beautiful. Some people are able to see it in different ways. They think that's taste. That's not it. It's their ability to see the beauty in, in unusual places. But beauty is beauty, man. If beauty wasn't beauty every time, fashion magazines would be full of ugly people. As it is, there's only a few. <laughs> beauty is beauty. Beauty. The sound of a baby laughing. A sunset on the beach or in the mountains. The sound of a stream. The embrace of a loved one. Beauty. Real beauty. It radiates out of creation. You know why? I think it's God's fingerprint on all that's been made. I don't... I don't try to prove God anymore. Let your light shine. And the beauty of God becomes evidence of Him. Plaza. Maybe. The beauty of God is your evidence. Let your light shine. Whenever we see the story of how people encounter God in the Old Testament and the New Testament, something always happens. There's an interesting word in the Old Testament for glory. Glory is a very unusual word. It actually sounds like the word for weight. So glory of God is something that weighs you down because every time people were exposed to the beauty of God, they would, they were, they would, they would go down. They would go to their knees. They would fall to their face. It was heavy. The awesome beauty of God weighed you down. So when Moses encounters God at this burning bush, what does he do? He falls to his knees. When Daniel experiences a glorious messenger of God, what does he do? He falls on his face. When Paul encounters the living Jesus, what does he do? He falls down. He actually loses his sight for a while. Beauty is powerful, overwhelming, to the point where it becomes glory, and glory of God radiates. When Isaiah and John see the throne of God, what do they see? They see glory radiating out. The fingerprint of God in His beauty radiates out from you. And this is why I think Jesus says, let your light shine. And in you, we're going to talk about the journey church but listen to me you, your beauty has radiated to a place you haven't even been to yet and the glory of God is evident there <laughs> so I'm overcome with gratitude for the people here and for Pastor Daniel's leadership to invest. It's a risk. And he didn't care because beauty demanded that he let his light shine, that you have let your light shine. And I want to show you some of the beautiful evidence 
of your efforts. Are you ready? Are you sure? Father, I, I just want to just speak well today. God, not my words, but yours. I just tell the story of how you have done this amazing thing. That you aligned, like Caleb was talking, relationships, and that you build your church. For all of it is yours. Lord, let us hear these words today. Let us see you in action. You, Lord, you're in your beauty, Lord. You be the evidence today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, three and a half years ago, my, my wife and I, we lose our minds, and we decide to plan a church. And I really don't have a plan at all. I don't have a plan. It's very funny because um, Caleb will tell you we were going to do a conference together, and I wanted Pastor Daniel at the time he was just ending his time as a youth pastor. Uh, I wanted him to take over, and he's like, um, what's your plan, Nate? I don't have a plan. Well, you're going to just leave your job at your other church, and you're just going to plan a church, and you have no income. Yes. I'm supposed to be the wise, not so much. So Pastor Daniel actually uh, gives me a part-time job here to uh, help learn and grow about disciple-making in the way of group life. And uh, he says, you have a time limit on your time here. You can stay here till September, and then you got to go, like a good parent. So um, he, uh, he, so I, I get involved with you, and the mercy here just pours into my wife and I. It was an amazing experience. And we, we launched this church in my house. There's 12 people in my house, 12. And we believe we have this picture of where we want to be. We want to be a body of believers who are, who are growing in Christ. That we, we want to believe that our beauty is radiating out. So we say we are a body of believers growing in Christ, being transformed into his image so we can display his beauty to the world. Nobody remembers that phrase. So we just say, believe, experience, move. That's our vision. Our vision is believe, experience, move. And then we know we have a mission because Jesus gave us the mission. It's the same mission you guys have. We want to go into the world building relationships, sharing the truth and power of the gospel. Or the way we say it is, and you may have heard this, Gospel, groups, and go. That sound familiar? You know why? Because we didn't make that up. Jesus did that. And then the next thing we did was um, we decided to be urgent about who we were. And in our urgency, why? So we have a vision. We have a mission. Why are we going to be urgent? Why are we going to do this? And I'm writing down um, Kempsville Road in Chesapeake. And I'm really praying about this. What is, what is the purpose? I mean, I can say it's all about Jesus. I can say that, but I've heard that. What, what's really happening to us here? <clears throat> and I felt like God tell me this. I felt like this. Nate, in your life, what happened when you really trusted me? Where there was hopelessness, now there is hope. Where there is brokenness, you're finding healing. And Nate, in your life, I'm going to make you whole. One day, you're going to be completely whole. And I felt all of that. And so I, I told my team, I said, this is our purpose. This is why we're in it. We are in it.
because we believe Jesus brings hope for tomorrow. He brings spiritual, emotional healing to us. Now, I always get a little skittish when I talk about physical healing, but I really believe God can physically heal. So just as a side note, without telling that whole story, I'll tell you that a year ago, my wife Lisa was diagnosed with cancer. And I just didn't worry, and I don't know why. Kind of made my wife mad. I just didn't worry. And we prayed, and my friends prayed over her, and we went through the normal sequence of getting medical treatment, and today, Lisa's cancer-free. So does... I think God can do anything. Healing for tomorrow, hope for tomorrow, and wholeness. You know, there, Paul understood this. He says, did you know that in you God has begun a work and he will be faithful to complete it, even if it takes all the way till you're in heaven, which I know me, it'll take God my whole life to get me right. And that's beautiful. When I see God working in people's lives, it's beautiful. So I just want to show you a little bit of our story. Some of you have seen some of this, but i got to show you the beauty of it. We started out in my house, and there were 12 of us, and we lasted there about a month. And then we had this Super Bowl party, and we looked around, and we thought, my house is not big enough anymore because there's like 25 people in it, and nobody can move. We're elbowing each other. So my friend, my friend Woody, he finds us a church, a community room at a bank where we can meet. And the rent was the right price. Free. So we went there and we met. And this picture is a picture of us at our first Easter. <clears throat> we had 50 people. We were so excited. We didn't know what to do. Next week we had 25 again. But we kept praying. We kept serving. And uh, we, we eventually did grow. And then the bank was sold. So we lost our, commu our free community room. And we're terrified. And so my friend Grant and I, we pray, Lord, we need a place. Can you give us a place? And my wife, months before, had said, have you checked out this, this, this school? And I'm like, no, honey, I don't think God wants us to go there. And so we, I, I'm desperate, so I call the school. And I swear to you, these are the words. Pastor Nate, we're so excited you called. We've been looking for a church to rent from us for about four months now. Thanks. So Holy Spirit does speak to my wife. So here's a picture <laughs> Here's a picture of that. And so we started meeting there. It was just a gym, and we started uh, meeting there. And this next picture is what it looked like on the inside for quite a few months. You, you said we kept it dark, so you couldn't tell there was only about 25 people in it. And uh, the young lady that you see standing there is 14, and she was operating our camera. It was, it was really cool. Our, our display is tiny little uh, – it's a TV. And my friend John Carney was joking me because we don't use TVs anymore, but – we used a TV. I talked about how clear they were and how I was so happy with them. Uh, but, you know, as time passes, we grow. and We get some better chairs. You can take a look at the next slide. We get some better chairs, and a few more people begin to uh, attend. Um, I'm still – I don't lose any weight, but it's still real. We, we, are, uh, we are growing, and then, and then we, we start baptizing people. People begin who didn't believe start – trusting Jesus. And we we baptized two guys on one Sunday, and I danced because I promised I would so that people wouldn't know we were a Baptist church. So I've danced. And then, and then we did this baptism where 
This is the grandmother. This is the mother. And this is the daughter. That was one baptism. Oh, my gosh. When I get to this one, I say, why do you want to be baptized? She said at seven, so the world will know how much I love Jesus and how much he loves me. How am I supposed to talk after that? It was just awesome. We continue to baptize folks. This next slide. um, This child did not believe in Jesus. Her parents, her parents had been divorced. There was a lot of pain. But her dad gets involved and she loves her dad and she hears God's word and she's invested in too. And so she trusts Christ. And the young woman who's there was the one who led her to Christ. The boy upstairs, I met him at a birthday party. I showed up just in time for cake. He got there and he said, well, at least you got here at the right time. And this this young lady on the end, you know how she accepted Christ? She was in a car with a teenage boy. And the teenage boy, with all the things that happened in cars, I'm sure that didn't happen to y'all, with all the things that happened in cars with teenagers, what happened to her was he led her to trust Jesus for the rest of her life. And that's him when we baptize her. And this young woman came because her boyfriend was getting some extra hours at church for his community service and trusted Jesus. The woman who's being who's with us, that woman gives two hours of her weekend just to sit with this young woman and talk to her about Jesus every weekend for fun. It's something they do for fun. More folks get baptized, and this, there's a multi-generational. I'll show you this next picture. is multi-generational. One, one we had um, a 7-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 25-year-old who are all baptized. But God is, God is moving and reaching. And so this next picture is really cool. I'll, I'll tell you why. If you don't remember on this next picture, a friend of mine, this is an atheist, he, um, he was in charge of quite a few people as a, as a Navy uh, officer. And there was someone in his uh, command that he wanted to help. They had a real crisis in their life. And so what he did was, he doesn't believe, here's what he did. He said, listen, I need you to be around some people I know will care and love you. Won't you come to our Christmas uh, presentation tonight? Because there I know you will be loved. And he invited her. And then he came up to me and he says, I, I just want to thank you, Pastor Nate, because I needed someone to invest in her. I, I said, well, I didn't really get to meet her. He says, yeah, but the rest of you people did. And I know my friend is loved, and I just want to thank you. So I had him, you know me, I had him talk about it to the rest of the church. He didn't believe, but he's experiencing the beauty of God. It's evidence in his life. I can't ration, rationalize with this man, but he invited his friend to come to a place where he was loved. We, we love to serve. We get invested. Everybody matters. So in this next slide, I'm going to show you the different age groups that get involved. So my friend Woody is 71. 
He is proudly the oldest guy at our church. Actually, I'm proud that he's the oldest guy at church. So, and then my friend uh, Teresa is actually my wife's best friend from high school. That's her granddaughter, and they're serving by they stand on the road and hold up signs. I should get him one of those spinny pizza signs. Thanks. And this child, this is the best. This child was uh, just coming, and her parents showed up early, and she wanted to serve. So she helped children's ministry set up their stuff because we're set up and take down church. And so she wants to come every Sunday so she can help set up children's ministry. Serving is uh, something that I've just been blessed to see. You want to see something beautiful? We had a, uh, we had a, a few Christmas services where we just have it on Friday night. It's unusual. We go around and hand out flyers in the neighborhood. Then we invite people to come to our, our service. And the past couple of years, we've had 125 to 140 people show up. Well, you need a lot of volunteers because we feed. It's that we invite them to a party. So we feed them. We serve them. We set up tables. We clean up. So this, this is the volunteers that are going to serve the people that night. And we all get together and we pray before we start. Remember, we started with 12 people. There's more people serving now than what we started with. It's awesome, Caleb. It's awesome because <laughs> I'm not even in charge of that. That's what God is doing. One of the things I always did when I was a youth pastor was we would have a camp. Just like you guys just celebrated your camp. And uh, so we, we started hosting a camp and just to show you what that looks like, uh, this is the last camp we did. And so we have kids doing a dance called the church clap. And I know we're Baptist. We don't tell people we're a Baptist church, but we dance this dance. Praise the Lord. I taught it to all my kids. Yes, I can't do this. I get hurt trying to do this. But I like watching my grandson does this. And the investment, what really is amazing about the camp is that it is counselors are high school and middle school students. Some of you guys were, high, were counselors there, right? And here's the amazing thing. So many high schoolers and middle schoolers, they think they're going to be a babysitter. And we tell them that their goal is not to teach, but to love. If they will love the kids, they'll get more out of it. And man, what happens in the hearts and minds of the high schoolers and middle schoolers is amazing. It is the most beautiful thing in the world, and I've seen it a few times, where the campers are dragging the counselors to meet their parents. So we tell them that's the goal. If you're a counselor, your goal is to love the kids so much that they have to introduce you to your parents. And it happens. And the beauty of God is evident. His fingerprint is right there. The beauty of God. Um, here's another cool story as part of the Journey Church. A guy called up and said he needed an internship so that he could get his degree at Regent. I want to show you a picture of my friend Isaac. Um, Isaac needed an internship, and I told him, great, I'd be glad for you to be an intern. You can do a lot of work. We can't pay you, but you're welcome to come and serve. He I need my degree, Nate. So we laid out an internship for him. It lasted six months. We got done. I said, Isaac, listen, man, I need to prepare the people. If you're going to move on, I need to, everybody to be ready for it. He goes, no. Nate, man, I believe God's called me to this 
place. Well, Isaac, I still can't pay you. I don't care, Nate. I believe God's called me here, and I'm going to invest my time here if you'll let me. So Isaac has become our, our catalyst, our student ministry pastor. We pay him peanuts, but he invests his life in kids. So this past um, June, and this next slide, some of the kids of his ministry graduated. Some of the kids is some. There are seven here. Of the seven, three of them tell the church, I'm giving my whole life to ministry. What's happened here, one of them, uh, Maria, you saw her getting baptized, one of them said, what's happened here, I've never seen anywhere else. I don't know if I can go to another church, but if I can, I'll do what I can. But I'm going to be in ministry for the rest of my life, even if I don't get paid. And so I dance. Because God is good. And you, you can't not look at that and see how beautiful that is. So I, um, I want to show you a picture of my friends here. Uh, these are four friends. They're all Two of them are graduated, and two are still in high school. And this year, we just didn't have enough adult interest to send a group on a mission trip to a, another state. We typically go to North Carolina. These four went without chaperones. Parents let them go. Not for one week, but for two. They raised their own money, which meant they had to raise about $700 to go on this trip just to serve homeless folks in North Carolina because they felt God called them to do it. That's beautiful. And I want to show you one more picture. Recently it showed up that I think is particularly beautiful. See, in this next slide, we actually do something called a Seder meal. It's a Passover meal. And you can see us doing it right here. And so what Jesus did at the Last Supper was a Passover, and he uses the elements of the Passover to say, it's always been about me. The bread, this is my body broken for you. This cup of redemption, which is what this cup is called, this cup of redemption, this is my new covenant to you, poured out in my blood for the remission of sins. Now, it's hard to see on this screen, but this one picture here that we took just trying to share what we did, this is on the arm of the young man you saw in the, four, in the picture four. He got this tattoo. It says, Hileste. You know what that means? It's Greek. It means it is finished. Wait a minute. On his arm is written, it is finished as he picks up the cup to remember Jesus who gave his blood. I love my church. Isn't that beautiful? Can you see it? It's amazing. He's 18. Oh, man, God is so awesome. And if that's not enough, we had a guy who came to our church, and then he really got busy with his job, and then he came back. And when he came back, I don't remember even what I preached about. I remember is this hug with myself, my friend Woody, and this guy. You can't see this guy because we've enveloped him. As he said, I want to rededicate my life to Christ, man. I just I got busy with work. Nate, I just need you to know that I love you guys, and I love Jesus, and I want to be in. And it just broke my heart. I don't know what happened. I didn't have any expectation. I didn't. So we prayed for my friend, and we just loved him. And as I look at these old guys hugging each other, in this day and age, 
That's beautiful. So what's happening at the Journey Church? It's because of you. Paul talks about this. He writes to this church in Corinth. And at this church, he asks them to give. He asks them to be generous. And when he asks them to be generous, he wants them to understand how this beauty, glory thing works. So he says, He who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God through us. For the rendering of this ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings to God. Your generosity, it creates thanksgiving, and your generosity actually says you're being thankful. And then get this. Through the testing of this ministry, Glorify God by your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and by the generosity of your sharing with them with all others. I want to stop. I want to read it to you out of the ESV. It says this. It says, by their approval of this service, they will glorify God. By your serving, they will see the beauty of God and declare it. Because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ. I don't know how you guys say the gospel. I don't know how you talk about it. But I wanted my people, because a lot of them don't know Jesus, I want them to understand this good news message. So here it is. You ready? In five short phrases. Jesus lived. He lived the perfect life. Jesus lived. He died. Freaky thing. Because we're declaring Jesus is the son of God. How did that happen? I don't know, but he did. He lived. He died, but he didn't stay dead because the love of God was so powerful, the beauty of God was so powerful, he rose, and he lives today. As the one who's conquered life and death, he reigns. He lived, he died, he rose, he lives, he reigns. And when you follow him, you follow him through death into real life, now and forever. That's the confession of the gospel. That's what motivates us. It's the beauty of God that is evident in those five simple phrases. Paul goes on, and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others, this is what's being glorified. Now listen, I don't know what you know. I don't know what you know. But I know this, for the past three and a half years, Plaza has given towards the Journey Church. For the past three and a half years, Plaza has taken whole nights and prayed for the Journey Church. For the past three and a half years, your prayers have impacted people. For the past three and a half years, God has been moving in families. For the past three and a half years, people are coming to me and telling me what God is doing and how He's showing up. And the atheist man that I was talking about three weeks ago wrote a letter to his family and said, no more. No more. I believe. Jesus Christ, he wrote this. I read it. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. 
And from now on, I'm going to be the spiritual leader I was supposed to be. What happened there? How did that happen? You. You happened. We, we can so play down the, the little things that matter so much. You matter. Your gift has brought light. And you glorify God in the giving. The beauty of Plaza has made a difference. And now you see its fruit. What looked beautiful on the screen, that's you. You did that. I had a friend, and every time I would say something like that, he would say, God be the glory. But feel it. To God be the glory for what he has done in you. You can't stop. Others will see the beauty of God in you. Your beauty is evident. And so is the glory of God. So beautiful. So wonderful. So powerful. So amazing. You can't let up. So, let your light shine. Let your light shine. Let your light shine when you're at work. Let your light shine when you're at school. Let your light shine when you're at... Here's a story. Let your light shine when you're at Home Depot. I went to Home Depot when I was wearing a Vigilant Hope shirt. It's got a big word, hope on it, right? It's got a big hope on it. And I'm, I'm buying something. I don't remember what it was. But another couple walks in and they, the husband says to the wife, they're looking for something. He goes, there's no hope. His wife goes, there's hope here. There it is. It's on that guy's shirt. I'm not kidding. And I just happened to have an invitation card in my pocket. And I, I, I go, I said, yeah, well, I wear this shirt because we're involved, you know, in this uh, ministry in North Carolina. Actually, you know what? I'm a pastor of a church. You know what? I'm a pastor of a church. I don't know where you guys go to church, but I feel like here. Take this card. They've been coming ever since. And the lady last week told me, <clears throat> I don't know why, Nate, but I feel like God wants me to get involved here. And she's being moved by it. Why are you moved by it? Because it's, it's just that people are loved. Don't you know you planted that love? You planted that love? Your prayer, your generosity, your effort, the beauty of God is evidence. The glory of God shows up. Let your light shine no matter where you are. So, hey, not bad. So as, as, the, as our worship team comes up, here's what I want to ask you. Something I want you to think about and reflect on. If you're not a believer, if you're just checking out Christianity, here's what I want you to think about. Beauty. How did that happen? Have I missed something? Has there really been God showing up in my life? 
If you're not a Christian, just think about it because He may be speaking to you all the time. And He gets drowned out in the chatter. If you are a believer, then think about this. Someone in your life needs to see the beauty of God. Someone in your life needs to have hope. Someone in your life needs to have healing. Someone in your life, maybe you, you're feeling so broken, you don't know if there's any hope or healing for you. And I'm here to tell you that me personally, I know it's true, that God shows up. So as you take the time as we have this place where we can meet God, Chris, who's your elder here, he'll be here with me, and we'll pray with you if you want. Or if you just want to come and pray about that person, let this be a place where we can engage God, where you can pray. Father, as the people reflect on what I've given them, Lord, I pray that you speak to their hearts. That they know that your beauty radiates. That it is your evidence. That it leads us step by step to the personal relationship with the Son of God who lived, died, rose, lives and reigns, and that through Him we follow Him into real life, now and forever. Our brokenness, Lord, well, the church word for that is sin. It's what separates us from You, Lord. It's our own doing. But You, God, You love us so much that You're willing, you're willing to reach across any gap and hold us and embrace us in your love. No matter what our chains are, no matter what our pain is, no matter what's going on in our lives, no matter what's happening to our friends, our family, our sons, our daughters, our grandchildren, no matter what's happening, God, we know you show up and we're going to call on you to do that today. In Jesus' name, amen.